On this episode of Retconned, we talk to the CEO of industry-leading digital comics platform Comixology in the lead-up to this year's San Diego Comic-Con about the changing face of the comics industry and his platform's 10th anniversary. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Retconned, a podcast of assorted geekery. I'm Rick Marshall, and today we're talking comics and the comics industry with David Steinberger, the CEO of digital comics platform Comixology. Initially launched back in July 2007, Comixology has grown into the industry leader in digital comics distribution over the last decade. The Comixology app and website makes more than 100,000 comics available across various mobile and online platforms, and across an impressive milestone in September 2013, when it facilitated its 200 millionth comic download. Given how much of the conversation 10 years ago questioned whether digital comics would ever be embraced by the comics community, Comixology's success is, well, kind of a big deal. With this year's San Diego Comic-Con looming on the horizon, we spoke to Steinberger about the last 10 years of comics, Comixology, and yes, Comic-Con. And we also got a preview of what Comixology has planned for the big show and beyond. David, let me start by congratulating you. Comixology has hit the 10-year mark, and it's still going strong. Thanks. It's great, yeah. Well, uh, I remember back when Comixology launched. It was a rather, I guess, controversial uh, project around the comic scene. There were all sorts of uh, questions being thrown around. Would people read digital comics? Would they pay for them? Would it, would it kill brick-and-mortar comic shops? Can you take us back to those, uh, those early days and describe what it was like? you know, in that lead up to the launch? Oh, you bet. You bet. Yeah. So we, we were an interesting company because we started, our first product was really tools and services for comic book collectors and retailers. So we actually had a pull list site, actually still exists today, that allowed people to see what comics were coming to their store and plan their purchasing. And the way we had kind of put together the business plan was, the idea was, if you went straight to digital without being connected to retailers, publishers might not work with you because the comic book store market's really kind of a weird marketplace in that it single issues of floppy books that we think of as comics are only sent to comic book stores. And they pretty much got disrupted in the 1990s. Marvel almost went bankrupt. And so for a lot of variety of reasons. And, and you know, so it was seen as a huge pivot in, in 2009 for us to release a digital comic book store and reader app. And everybody wondered if we were, you know, betraying the retailers. And in fact, we were doing exactly the opposite. We were the only people who could connect and still do connect digital affiliate sales uh, to brick and mortar retailers. Uh, And it was part of the secret sauce that actually made the company Comixology work and why we, out of all the indie uh, small companies that were kind of bubbling around digital comics, came through and, and were successful. Well, there's always some uncertainty in you know the first year or so of any new platform that gets launched, that sort of thing. Uh, was was there a moment when you realized, hey, this is this is actually going to work? <laughs> yeah, uh, and it, it was it, it came after several moments of oh my god, we are going to die. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, look the the first one was really the launch of the iPhone app. So, you know, go back and going back in time in 2006 when we put together the business plan and then 2007 when we, we incorporated the iPhone wasn't anything. We didn't know there was going to be these pieces of glass that we're all carrying around. And like many things I think in the world currently, we 
exist and digital comics thrive the way they do because of Apple, at least because of what has happened between the advent of the iPhone and, and today. You think about iPad Pros as kind of an ultimate device for reading print-style digital comics. But when we first launched the iPhone app, the traction was pretty quick. I mean, I have I have board of director reports and presentations that say things like, we sold 600 comics, you know, and of course that's a teeny little number compared to what today is. But yeah, that was really the moment. I guess I guess I could track it a little bit before that, in, in that we were previewing Guided View, which is our the way we make comics readable on small devices with publishers, and we were getting really really po- and creators we were getting really positive reaction. And uh, a couple of the people that joined at the very start, one of which was The Walking Dead, we premiered with The Walking Dead on our on our store, and. The real reason for that was we demoed Guided View to Robert Kirkman, the creator and and uh, or the writer, and he really really loved it, and it kept the feeling of a comic book. So it was that kind of special thing. So I'd say we we got we got to actually get some publishers to write letters that they were going to join us, which actually let us raise money. And we were really literally out of money right before the the launch of the iPhone app. We we're down to our last, you know tens of thousands of dollars. And and then we raised money, and then we launched that in July, and then we started getting real traction. And then, of course, there are lots of events between then and now, like Marvel joining in, in late 2009, DC joining us exclusively because we could connect to retailers in 2010, digital same day as print, which was in 2011. DC started that trend. They went all in. That Our business literally doubled overnight in 2011. But, but really, like, between 2009 and, and when Marvel joined, we really felt like something was going on. It was super positive. Back in 2014, Comixology was acquired by Amazon. Uh, that deal had the potential to change things in a big way, but it all seems to have settled out pretty well on your end. Uh, how, how did the Amazon deal change things for you and, and for Comixology? Uh, well, it's done a few things. One, of course, is it made the business super stable, right? It, it gave us a, a parent company that really is completely customer obsessed, not worried about tomorrow's dollar, really is long-term thinking. And by the way, just on a personal standpoint for everybody who works here, just has a lot of structure around how they innovate and how innovation works, how, you know, they talk a lot about their leadership principles. And and I say they, it's really we at this point, we're very integrated. I actually run digital comics for Kindle worldwide. So I both run Comixology subsidiary, but I'm in charge of digital comics for Amazon worldwide. And so that was also a really important move on, on Amazon's part in that they bought the expertise and, and wanted to put it to use. And it also exposes us here to comics and different market segments around the world. And, and you know, and then there's the kind of technical aspects of it, of course. We're actually testing our uh, first really great widget, what we call widget, you know, uh, that shows recommendations that we built together with some folks over at Amazon. And our Comixology Unlimited platform is based on some Amazon technology, which has really changed. I mean, if you think about Unlimited as one of the ways that we're exposing tremendous amounts of content, because there's just so much incredible graphic novel, manga, and comics content that most people don't even know about, it's sometimes pretty hard for people to get into comics, even if they want to, because it's confusing and complicated. And comic book stores are dominated by only a couple of publishers when there's just tons and tons of material that's very diverse and reaches new audiences that, you know, beyond the typical uh, comic store audience. And that's one of the major changes, of course, that's happened over the course of 
the last 15 years, really, as storytelling really matured and, and distribution changed with the advent of the trade paperback to bookstores, and that the comic book store is not the only place you can get it. And comic book stores, by nature, just focus on specific types of content for collectors. And uh, although I, I should say they, all of us have matured a lot in terms of trying to reach new audiences, but digital and bookstores, just much easier access to everybody, right? Digital in, in particular is you don't have to be near a comic book store to get a comic book because of digital. So, but, but back to Amazon, you know, we, we, because I run part of that content type at Kindle, we're really very deeply integrated both culturally, although Comic Salty still has a little couple of special bits of its culture that we, we've hung on to and, and allowed to thrive as well with the uh, Amazon leadership principles. It's just been really positive from both technical and, and personal and growth aspects for employees in the company. Well, uh, looking back on the, the last 10 years of, of Comixology, what are the moments you're, you're really most proud of in, in the platform's growth? Because I'm sure there's been a lot of changes over that time, and, and you really have a unique perspective on this from that digital side. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I, I love the fact that we can go back to the original business plan and see that we really understood what the the challenges to both publishers and retailers and readers of comics were. Meaning that, for instance, Marvel and DC were both very afraid of digital, as well as just any, all book publishers were afraid of digital. It's not just comics, right? But, to put it mildly, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and but in particular for comics, because of this dependency on single issues needing to be sold in these specialty comic book stores, first before they got collected into trade paperbacks that then get delivered to places like Amazon and and Barnes and Noble and bookstores. So you think about distribution of comics, you start with this really small thing, the comic book store. And if you succeed there, you get to collect up into a bound book with a spine that gets sent to, to bookstores and you can buy on Amazon. And so the you get wider and wider distribution as you succeed. But the first gatekeeper for, for these types of comics anyway, and not talking about graphic novels or manga, but for typical comic books is what we call direct market stores, the comic book store. And what we understood about it through our research and, and reading and actually talking to folks was that if you went straight into digital, publishers went straight into the same day as print digital, and the comic book store owners freaked a little bit. If they freaked out and they stopped ordering as much, remember this is a non-returnable business, so comic book stores can't return books they don't sell. So a lot of risk on the comic book store owner. If they reacted really badly and stopped ordering as many books, they, the, the market, really, the comic book industry could have fallen apart, like truly. And, and remember, this is before Disney owned Marvel as well. And so we came in and, and look at that, looked at that and said, look, the comic book industry did get disrupted in the 1990s. It, it's already kind of the vinyl shops of music. If you think about why did comics not fall apart with digital and, and actually grew instead of what happened with music, it's really because it had already fallen apart, and, and it really we were just adding a level of distribution. So the first thing is understanding that and saying, let's connect it all together, and, and let's be for the good of comics in general. Let's not worry about print and digital. We'll tell everybody that we work with in the retailers, the, the comic book store retailers that we have tools for, that we're not out to get you, but we are going to do digital. And when we do it, we're going to do it with you guys in mind with an affiliate program. And so they could choose whether or not to work with us with the knowledge up front that we were headed in this direction. And then in 2009 with the iPhone and, and coming out with the app, Guided View, I think, is by far one of the most important things that we 
created and because it really feels like a comic it has a timing of a comic and it and it and it also looks cool i mean looks cool only gets you so far right because it's about storytelling and is it compelling as a storytelling device so looks cool doesn't work it gets you in, it gets people intrigued but it also just really reads really very nicely and keeps kind of the spirit of the timing that the artist and writer uh put together in the comic so i'm super proud of that i think getting marvel and dc clothes of course were huge deals but it's little things like we have this principle called what we call have heart at comiXology it's it's the one thing that we've held on to that's purely comiXology as we've embraced amazon's leadership principles and and have heart just to kind of summarize it means you know do things with empathy and, and thoughtfulness about customers about publishers about each other here in the company how do we put ourselves in each each other's shoes and understand what our fears and concerns are. And, and I think we did a really great job of that. And, and we try to do that over and over. It's really a good match with the customer obsession leadership principle at Amazon in that, for instance, when Apple released the first Retina device, we upscaled all of our, from our source files, we did, we did like our, our team just, and it was a small team at that point, went nuts and, and worked overtime and just constantly until the release of the Retina iPad, and we offered that to all customers free. You didn't have to buy an upgrade. You didn't have to do anything. You just automatically got the better version the next time you downloaded it from the cloud to your device. And that's a, that's, I'm super proud of that. That's an example of we try to do right. I mean, we, we had this massive failure of, the, of our systems probably 2012, 2013, we were at South by Southwest and Marvel decided they were going to give away 700 number one free issues. <laughs> I remember and, that. That was um, uh, quite the, uh, the, the uproar in the comic scene. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. We, we, it, everybody liked to say bleeding cool, like to say that we broke the internet. Um, and, and, it really was it they got pick up like they got interviews from all major like super major outlets cnn and stuff like that and so all at once they got everybody saying you know whatever it was a couple of days or 24 hours i don't even remember to get 700 number one books from marvel every every series that they have in digital has number one issue for free today so go get it and <laughs> it took about 10 minutes it took about 10 minutes and we were just wiped out and the servers were on fire and our, our team really uh, had to work really it took almost uh, I don't even remember it was 20 at least 24 hours before we were somewhat stable and it was 48 hours before we were really patched together again and that's a long time right and this is the age of Twitter and and so we did have some people kind of say what the hell I can't get my books this sucks I can't get my Marvel books and we put out a statement almost immediately that said we're gonna figure this out we're gonna make it right and we had many 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 customers say I know comiXology I know how they treat me. I know that, how they've handled my customer service. They will make this right. I totally trust. We have the people defending us. Well, that sort of thing doesn't happen all that often in the uh, comics world. Uh, people rushing to your defense instead of, uh, instead of being a bit more uh, aggressively questioning things. No, it doesn't. Right. Having, right, having people defend you. And, and I think in general, like I'm super proud of that. And the fact that you know, we tried it, we, we love comics here, right? And so we try to lead an inspirational company. And, and the people who join us as employees, for the most part, I mean, some people are just awesome technical people. They eventually become comic fans because you can't help it being here. But we attract a lot of people that really just want more people reading comics and want to spread the love of it. And that's really the reason we exist is because 
you know, what I realized coming into 2006, and, and I hadn't been really collecting since early 90s, where a lot of us stopped because we felt burnt out by how they, we were being abused as collectors by publishers. And the, I know and that the work feeling. Was, <laughs> so I came, I came back in 2006 because my parents gave me my comic book collection out of their house and made me start thinking about it again. And when I started reading again, other than a couple of things that I kept, a couple of creators that I had kept up with those those years, I was it was amazing, right? There's a there was a maturity of storytelling that happened late '90s into mid 2000s, and that has has you know the result of which are things like The Walking Dead and Saga and and some really great storytelling. Ms. Marvel is a great example as well of just really amazing uh, storytelling that trusts the artist to draw. I mean, you know, the the disappearance of the thought balloon is a a really great example of how storytelling is matured because writers now trust their artists that if somebody's upset, they can just show it. They don't have to have them thinking, I'm upset. <laughs> um, sometimes when I go back to the 1980s comics that I loved and still love, I go, wow, we, they had to explain everything. I've been really impressed with the way uh, digital comics have carved out a niche uh, for themselves at, at Comic-Con and, and the convention scene. So uh, Comixology has been a really big part of that. Uh, what can you tell us about your plans for this year's San Diego Comic-Con? Ah, so we, we have our third and final um, trading card collector, creator card collections coming out. And that's that's kind of our um, big thing. And we're doing, we did a, uh, uh, a partnership with Kevin Smith, and he's picked several creators to be the, his all-star card. So we have a super limited group of cards along with that. And, and what's really cool is I'm getting to do a panel with Kevin Smith where he's, he's running a uh, trivia panel with us. And me and, and the CEO of IMDb are going to be the judges. It's like a fake movie trivia panel. So that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. But we have, we have tons of the people that are the all-star series in, in our cards coming to sign at the booth. So we have 15 different signings, uh, including some of the Kevin Smith heavy hitters as well. Uh, we have like 11 different panels, including me and my co-founder doing an open mic, like you can ask us anything panel and talking about the 10 years. So you can find out about, you know, those times we almost went out of business or the servers were on fire and that type of thing. And then we have our 10th anniversary party. And we do this every year. We co-sponsor with a great cause called CBLDF. They they throw a party Thursday night. The CBLDF, that's the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, right? Yeah, Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, who, who really work very hard to preserve our, our uh, rights to uh, free speech and being able to read the type of comics we want and to make sure they you know, stay in libraries and, and all the places where that can be challenging. And so we do that Thursday night. We, we co-sponsor that, uh, and it'll be where we celebrate our 10 years. And then uh, we always co-sponsor the Eisner Awards, which is Friday night. Always love supporting the, the best of the, the creations out there and the storytelling that's, that's going on in comics. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for joining us, David, and congratulations again on 10 years of Comixology. Best of luck in San Diego with everything you have planned for Comic-Con. Thanks very much. It was nice to, uh, nice to be on. That was David Steinberger, the CEO of industry-leading digital comics platform Comixology. You can find out more about the platform at comicsology.com. This has been Retcon, a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio. Our producer is Patrick Garrett. I'm Rick Marshall. Thanks for listening. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or your podcast app of choice. 
and lets us know you're out there and that you want to hear more.